What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Simple Man's Guide to the Good Life. Excuse me really quick here while I pop a hop water. Uh, not a sponsored uh, advertisement here. <clears throat> I think I might make an episode in the future on alcohol alternatives, but this one's pretty good. Hop water. It's like sparkling hop water, as it says. Uh, no, no alcohol. Has some L-theanine in it, some ashwagandha to help with uh, relaxing you. I had two of these last night, slept like a baby. Whoop told me I was 89% recovered, so that's good. I like the taste. I got the um, like mixed pack, and so they have original, they have blood orange, they have mango, they have lime. This is the lime one. Let me, let me give you a little real-life taste here. Okay. Out of all the ones, I don't. The lime one is my least favorite. Still good, but the original is really good. Blood orange, I think, is probably my favorite. Mango I had was really good, and then I put lime last. But lime is still good. Anyways, this is not a hot water advertisement. Um, I just got done with a about a five hour uh, at home self meditation retreat. Now. This was done through Sam Harris's Waking Up app. I, uh, I found mindfulness and meditation as a practice about four years ago because of Sam Harris. Um, found his app, Waking Up, and it has been my go-to for my meditation practice. I would like to say I'm perfect with meditating at least 10 minutes every single day, but that would be a lie, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, I would like to say out of seven days a week, I probably get in four to five. Um, I think after today, I'm gonna make sure I'm, I'm being even more diligent with it uh, because just wow is all I have to say. We'll get into that. But um, meditation and mindfulness has been a, probably the biggest aspect of my own self-growth in the past four years. I know a lot of people maybe scoff at meditation or they just have a hard time with it or they have preconceived ideas that when you meditate, you shouldn't be thinking um, and they give up on it very fast. And then there's a lot of people that just quite honestly don't want to contend with the thoughts that do come up and they stuff those thoughts down. And, you know, at some level, I understand that. But at some level, if you really ever want to overcome a lot of probably the negative aspects of those thoughts that are arising in your life, causing your relationships to be uh, bad, causing you to maybe have some coping mechanisms that aren't the healthiest, you got to contend with them. And meditation is great for this. The main reason I found meditation and mindfulness to be so great for me is there is just a constant layer of self-awareness that is always going on now. After you do the practice for a good amount of time, you start to have this subconscious sense of, of metacognition. You're thinking about your thoughts. You're not always, but you are more aware of your thoughts when they're arising and when they fall away. You detach from those thoughts. Like a lot of us will have a thought and we'll immediately attach to that thought as somehow it's like part of us or we'll add value judgment to it as opposed to just recognizing it and letting it go away. But then also you become a lot more empathetic. Uh, you're able to see things in different ways or at least question your own thoughts about things. That's a big thing. I think a lot of people get into the spot where they're, they always think they're right. The way they think is right, everybody else is wrong, and they adhere to this identity about themselves. And so all that to say, meditation is great. My guess is that if you're listening to this podcast, 
you probably have a meditation practice or something like it. Um, so yeah, but a meditation retreat, essentially what that is is an uninterrupted amount of time that you are going through a practice. And you know, most in-person retreats at the bare minimum are like a weekend long. You know, uh, most kind of intro ones are gonna be a week long, and then they go 10, 15, up to a couple months. Really cool that Sam Harris and his app has put together like a at home and kind of like almost like a dip your big toe in the, uh, the pool kind of retreat, which is really cool. So I started that about noon and this retreat mixed, you know, seated meditations, walking meditations, which was really cool. There was a meditation where you're staring at yourself in the mirror, which was really interesting. Um, some great talks with, um, Joseph Goldstein, who's a yogi, um, and just talking about awareness and talking about uh, consciousness and the idea of the self and all this kind of stuff. Some uh, read written word like poetry. It was just really good over the course of five hours. And I had a couple aha moments, not enlightenment or anything like that. Definitely not, not anywhere near that, but definitely some big aha moments, which I think if you're really committed to a practice like this and you, you block off five hours, probably inevitably you're going to have some of those. And so I want to talk about my three key takeaways from this. And now before I talk about them, I think when we start talking about things in the you know self-help world and the, if you're on this path of, of betterment, of self-awareness, of thinking like this, there's a lot of principles that get brought up a lot and you can have a conversation with somebody or somebody could be listening to this and they go, well, yeah, I knew that, of course. And what I felt today was a difference between knowing and feeling. And I recognize there's a big difference between the two. Like we can logically know something to be true. For example, I can logically know that when I click the little app icon for Instagram, it's going to pop up and I'm going to be able to scroll. And I know at some level there's circuits and there's computer chips in there, but I don't know at a deep level what's going on, right? The same thing can be said for a lot of of self-awareness, enlightenment things that get brought up. So, you know, my three key takeaways are the idea of slowing down, the idea of presence, and the idea of impermanence. And when I get into these, I'm sure there will be some people listening that are going to go like, of course, Sean, you didn't know that. I've known that, right? Maybe. I don't know if that's going to be you, but... My, my point here is logically there's a lot of stuff we can know, but knowing is a lot different than feeling and embodying it. And that's what happened to me today. When I had these aha moments, it was coming from a place not in my head. It, it was a thought, but it wasn't a thought in the traditional sense of arriving in my head and just thinking about it. It was this overwhelming sense in my body. It caused me to stop at one moment it caused me to cry during a walking meditation i was outside staring at the clouds and the trees and just it felt like my body disappeared and it it just felt like i was one with everything for a split second right that's the difference there's knowing and there's logically knowing right there's feeling and there's logically knowing and so when i talk about these things i've known these things 
I've talked about them before on this podcast. I've talked to them with friends. But in some sense, today was the first glimpse I got at feeling them. And that was the big aha for me. And it helped me go even deeper with them. And I think I'm going to explain them in ways I probably have not before. So I kind of wrote down some notes. I'm just going to kind of kind of uh, look at really quick and, and go off on tangents. So again, my, my three key takeaways right, is what we're talking about. And so my first key takeaway here was the idea of slowing down. Now, when I say slowing down, I don't necessarily mean like your tempo or your cadence, like if you're walking. Now it can mean that, and a lot of times that's the first start to being able to get into the rest of the slowing down I'm talking about. So for example, during this meditation retreat, I went for a walk, a, a normal walk I do all the time, that normally takes me 10 to 15 minutes. This walk took me 55 minutes. Now, it wasn't just that the walk took me 55 minutes, it was in that 55 minutes, what else was slowing down? And so the other things that were slowing down were my mind. Slowing down means we're, we're taking an active role in getting off of this what's next mindset. We live in a world driven by not only distraction, but also what's the next thing I need to do? And this is happening a lot of times at a conscious level, but most of the time at a subconscious level. And this is something I notice about me. A lot of the friction I feel in my life is because I feel like I need to get to the next thing. Well, when I feel like I need to get to the next thing, that causes me to lose presence right now. I'm now taken out of the present moment and put into my head, because I can't be put in the future, I'm not even there yet, but I'm thinking about the future, even if it's just five seconds ahead of me. And today, through slowing down my walking, but then slowing everything down and building out this five hours of, hey, this is all you're gonna do, the amount of ease in my mind and also in my nervous system was extreme. And so for those of you that maybe wear a Whoop, Whoop has a new feature on it where it can track your uh, stress. The past two months or however long this has been going on, my, my, I'll have days of daily stress where I've, you spent two hours in high stress. Over the course of the whole day today, I spent 30 minutes in high stress and that was when I did my workout this morning. I spent zero time in high stress today because of this idea of just slowing down. And again, it goes deeper than slowing down your movement, right? Or just being lazy. It's, it's actually slowing down in that it's accepting being here now, Eckhart Tolle, right? Be here now. Don't think about five seconds ahead. Don't think about the next thing you need to do. Or if you do, note it. Note that it's a thought and just let it pass. Right, And one of the best ways uh, to do this, I found, was to just like recognize that, um, oh, I'm reading my notes, I'm sorry guys. It's, it's being embodied, right? So this is, this is the part, I'm a physical person. It's the idea of being embodied in each and every moment. So if you find yourself getting back in your head and thinking about the future, try to come back to a physical sensation. Feel the pressure in your feet. 
just get back to your breath. In a moment's notice, it can bring you back to the right now and slow you back down. Another one I like a lot is transitions. We go through a hundred different transitions throughout the day, just walking out your door in the morning. In that moment, you can bring a sense of slowing down. You can take a big breath in and smell the fresh air. And if that's all you get during the day, okay, but that's better than nothing, you know? When you get in your car to drive off to work, when you get into work, when you kiss your spouse on the cheek, these are all moments to slow down. And again, not only slow down the action, but slow your mind down and be there. And then that idea inevitably led into my next aha moment, which was presence, but presence at a very deep level. Because you have to have this part first. You have to be able to slow down to such an extent where it's relaxing, right? A lot of people will almost like force slowing down and now they're tense. No, 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 no. Slowing down is like a relaxation of the mind. It's like the mind takes a back seat. When that happens, now you can bring ultimate presence to where you're at and what you're doing. And so to do this, really what you, you, you can do through meditation is you start to recognize that there really is no difference between your thoughts and the physical world in front of you. They're all happening in the same place, right? When you're just, your eyes are open and you're just looking in front of you, where is your interpretation of what you're seeing happening? In your head, in your conscious mind, wherever you feel it. Where are your thoughts? In the same exact place. Meaning, conscious experience is truly all we have. We feel like there's a border between us and our physical world. Right? There's us and then there's this physical world I can touch, I can smell, I can see. But the touch, the smelling, the seeing, that's all being interpreted by your conscious state. And here's what can help bring presence. We, most of the time, unless we are being aware, are adding thoughts and judgment to every single one of those sensations. So, for example, we see something we don't like or we see somebody do something we don't like or we see something that brings up a bad memory. That's all you being in your head instead of just looking at the thing and noting it. And one of the practices they had us do, which was astoundingly insightful, was just note seeing, right? So for example, if I'm seeing something that brings up this uncomfortableness in me, instead of me attaching the value judgment to it, I just go, seeing. Right? And it's just a recognition that like, I'm just seeing something. That's all that's happening right now. There's something going on that I'm seeing, or I'm smelling, or I'm tasting, or I'm feeling. Everything else on top of it is a thought that I am allowing to now take me out of the present moment. I am adding a value judgment. I am adding a thought of the past, a thought of the future, an anxiety, right? These are all things that cause us to drop out of that present moment. But we don't recognize these things when, again, we're always moving too fast and thinking about the next thing. They compound, right? But if we can slow our mind down, if we can slow ourselves down, then we have the opportunity to get deeper with our presence. Note when we have this subconscious layer of 
value judgment, thinking of the future, thinking of the past, instead of just breathing, smelling, cold, right? These are just sensations. They just are. And when we can take away that extra layer of adding more thoughts to it, we can be extremely present. And when we can be extreme, this is what happened to me when I cried. I was doing a walking meditation and in the walking meditation, Sam was saying, just think, lifting, moving, placing, right? Just keep noting, right? That's what I'm doing. I'm lifting my leg, I'm moving it, I'm placing it. And after a while, right, that helps you just be very present. You stop thinking about oh, I'm putting my foot here, oh, that feels painful, or da 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 And then I was just able to be extremely present with being outside in the sun, with the clouds, with the trees, and just this immense sense of gratefulness for just being here now, experiencing it all. In, in between my apartments, I'm not, you know, in some great place, but I am, because I was present. I was truly present for the first time in, I don't, I don't know how long, guys. And that was the beautiful moment for me. And you can say that's silly or, or whatever, but when you get the ultimate sense of presence, it is an overwhel overwhelming feeling. And it gets a feeling, it's not a thought. For a split second, there was an absence of thoughts and there was just a, a overwhelming sense of feeling at one with everything. Again, lasted all of five seconds, but I would like to bottle that and hold that forever. And so through slowing down and then this idea of deeper presence, we can really, really, really enjoy every singular moment. Now, is this going to be realistic to do all the time, every time, the rest of your life? Of course not. But the goal is to try to pepper it in throughout your day, right? And then my last one, which is one I've, you know, in some semblance I've talked about a lot, but the way Sam talked about it, the way Joseph Goldstein talked about it, I think that's his name, um, really hit me today, and that was the idea of impermanence. And impermanence being nothing lasts forever. But again, you can know that, like, yeah, of course, nothing lasts forever. We all die, etc. And like, that's, I say that all the time, we all die. But they talked about it in such a way that was really like a, a big aha, and that truly, truly, everything has a start and a finish every single thing every breath you take you start a breath and your breath will end right you take a breath in take a breath out that breath is over you're never going to have that one again every step you take every day has a beginning and an end every cell in your body has a beginning and end and then we can go to more societal stuff every relationship has a beginning or end whether it's you know friendship or intimate relationship it's an intimate relationship even if you get married and you stay married forever you both die, or one of you dies, that relationship ends. And they talked about it in the way when, when you think about this, one of the biggest aversions to our daily life we have is this idea of clinging. We cling to things. We cling to our identity. We cling to relationships. We cling to jobs. Uh, you know, And this clinging actually is creating a lot of discomfort in our life, but we don't recognize it. And it's creating discomfort because 
at some universal level, we know that nothing lasts forever. And it's almost like we're fighting nature in and of itself by clinging. And the reason I had an aha moment about this was I didn't recognize I've been doing this with almost everything in my life, even though I'm the guy who, who talks about like, hey, we're all gonna die and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't recognize it that a lot of the times I go through stress in my life, it's because I cling to things. And I cling to them because I somehow build them into my identity. So for example, I own a gym. And I've realized like some of my stress around the gym the past couple months has been, I've gotten to the point where I've tied being the owner of a gym, because it's new, newer for me, coming up on two years, but now I've really tied it into my identity. And I have these thoughts like, well, if, if the gym ends or goes under, right, somehow that's gonna be a negative on my identity and all this instead of just realizing like yeah the, the gym will end now whether it ends because it fails or whether it ends because somebody buys it or whether it ends because you, you there's it eventually will end and I will eventually not be the owner of it at some point whether that's because I sell it or because it goes as long as I live and I end up passing away like whatever that's just the reality of life and that just felt like somebody took the weight of the world off of me. And that doesn't mean that I, I, I don't want to try hard and do everything I can. No, it just means that it is a universal law that everything will end. So give up trying to cling to this thing as somehow it, it's your identity, as somehow you're going to make, make it last forever, right? I mean, same thing with money. For me, money can be a big point of uh, anxiety for me. And it's because I'm clinging. It's this idea that I need to make money last forever or if I go down in money, somehow my identity is lost or somehow, you know, whatever that is, just knowing money comes and money goes. And at some point there will be no money left, whether that's because I pass away or because, yeah, I, I lose all my money or whatever it is. So just like don't worry about it, right? Don't let that be the thing that defines you or that creates anxiety in your life. And so when we can really sit with this idea of impermanence, that truly, by its very definition, life is impermanence. Every single thing that begins, ends. So stop clinging to any of it, and you're going to find that a lot of your anxiety, a lot of your aversions to your everyday life are gonna start going away because you're not gonna be striving to hold on to something where there's a lot of friction. Right, um, you know, even even to the extent where, you know, uh, obviously health is very important. But I, I see people like like the life extension, you know, that that whole stuff. I want to I want to live as long as humanly possible. I, I, I guess there's like some value in that, but it's you're gonna die, right? Like, let it happen. Stop clinging to this idea that you're gonna live forever or that you should live forever. Because in my opinion, those people are taking themselves out of the present moment because they're continually thinking about their death or trying to run away from it and they're not even able to be present anymore, right? And that's another thing with when you can get to this idea of impermanence is you let go of the future. You let it go. It's, it's undefined. Things will end in your future. Don't even think about it. Let it go to an extent to help you be present. 
right? And the things in your past, they already ended. Let it go. Be present, right? And so everything gets back to being present. So for me in this five hours, those were like the big key takeaways. Of course, I had other things come up that were great. Um, but those were the three big takeaways. And the, the biggest takeaway for me was instead of knowing those things, I felt those things. There was like a physical feeling in each of them, right? When it, when it came to the uh, slowing down, I actually f- like slowed down physically, but I felt my brain slow down. I wasn't on this like hedonic dopamine treadmill, like what's next, what's next? Let's get this meditation done so you can do the next one. Let's, oh, when's this gonna, you gotta finish this thing by five o'clock so you can eat. Like none of that happened. I, was, I wasn't even checking the clock. I was just rolling and I could feel it. I, I felt it in my body. I felt it in my brain and I felt it in my nervous system. And then with the ultimate sense of being present, I felt just an ultimate sense of being one kind of with everything for a split second and, and being truly in the present moment, even if it was fleeting for like five seconds. And I've never felt that before. And it was overwhelming and I cried and uh, I'm not sorry about that. And then the third one was the, the deep feeling of impermanence for me helped me feel like a weight was taken off of my shoulder because it allowed me to stop clinging to things that I don't have control over, right? Or stop clinging to things that truly are just universal laws, that things will end and you don't get to stop that, buddy. You can do your best to make it as best as you can right now in the moment and that's what I'm hanging my hat on moving forward in all aspects of my life. And so I have kind of something to reflect now when I do have sense of anxiety around money or the gym, I can immediately reflect back on this day and go, hey, the reason you have anxiety is because you're clinging again or you're trying to control something out of your control. A little stoicism there, no surprise, right? But just hang your hat on the present moment and what you're doing right now and that's all you can do. So it was a great day. I'm extremely grateful that I did this. I'm extremely grateful to have the ability to do it, to be, you know, in a, in a country that I can listen to something like this, uh, have the, just, yeah, I'm just very grateful today for all of these things. And um, I love you guys. If you don't do a meditation practice, I would highly suggest checking out Sam Harris's Waking Up app. He has an introductory course. So like if you're new to meditation, you've never done it before, you're kind of nervous, it kind of like, like you go to, if you've never worked out before, going to like an intro class at a gym, kind of like slowly builds you up into it. And I just, I really think everybody can benefit from a meditation practice. Um, and if you've tried it before and it hasn't worked for you, I would just say pick it back up and try again. And instead of trying to control the experience or expecting something to happen, instead surrender. Surrender to the experience. Slow down, be present, and just remember, it'll be over soon enough. All right, guys, I hope you have a great week, um, and we'll be back here next week for something. Uh, probably won't be as a big of an aha thing as this was, but uh, yeah, be back here next week for another episode of The Simple Man's Guide to the Good Life. See you guys.